Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast, or welcome if you are new here. My name is Mallory Page. I am a registered dietitian, and I am also the host of this podcast, which I created because I wanted a space to be able to discuss nutrition, wellness, exercise, recovery, world events in a non-diet way. A lot of what you see out there nowadays is very entrenched with diet culture because diet culture is kind of society's default. And I feel it's really useful when trying to make decisions about how to view something or even incorporate it in your life to be able to have multiple perspectives. And I hope that this podcast can provide you exactly that. Another perspective to be able to Wow, not sure what just went on there, but to be able to incorporate in your decision-making process or your thought process about something. Now, speaking of decision-making, I decided to create this podcast episode, or I got the idea for this episode's topic based off of scrolling through TikTok. And I happened upon this video that was made by a creator who was following Sophia Ritchie's wedding prep. And that wedding prep involved how she ate and how she exercised. Now, this video, of course, had millions of likes and multi-millions in terms of views. And all of the comments on this video were, oh my gosh, starting this tomorrow, or this makes sense why she looks X, Y, and Z way. And I'm sure you can imagine a lot of the other types of comments that were coming in. And whenever I see a what I eat in a day kind of video or someone that follows this, I'm always a little curious to get to the bottom of it more because these type of things, when done by people that are very, very famous or very influential, can have a really intense effect more so than we would even probably imagine. You would be shocked how many clients I have that will come to me and tell me that their struggles with food started from seeing one person that they follow or that they really idolized share that they do this one specific thing and then they kind of fall down a rabbit hole from there. So this is one of the reasons why I wanted to discuss this a little bit deeper, but also there's a bigger picture here that I want to discuss in terms of our obsession with celebrities or influencers and their diets or exercise routines, especially when it comes to the time around their wedding and even the role of the media in pushing out this type of content when it's not readily available. And so I think I left that intro a little ambiguous because there's just so many different things that we can dive into in this episode, but I want to emphasize before we even do start to get into it that I'm not going to be discussing Sophia Ritchie. This really isn't about her. This is just kind of using a celebrity that's really popular right now as an example, and you'll see why I especially say this later on because she's really not even involved in the information that's being dispelled here. And also, I am seriously such a fan of all of the content that she shared around her wedding. I just thought it was so fun. I was following along with everybody. So of course, I always say, 
who knows what a celebrity is really like, but she seems wonderful from the content I've shared that I've seen her share. So this is nothing to do of with her really. And it's not an attack against her. It's just kind of an example that we can dive into a little bit more. So with that being said, let's start in on the first part of this, which was the TikTok of someone following her wedding prep. Whenever a TikTok comes up on my For You page that involves something along the lines of following this person's what I eat in a day or following this person's exercise routine, I'm always curious about the source of their information because it's not as if this person on TikTok is usually the one that asked Sophia Ritchie what her wedding prep was. So you know they're having to get it from some sort of website or an article or that creator sharing or that celebrity sharing their routine. And I, as I said, had been following along with a lot of her wedding stuff and I hadn't seen her share anything about it. So I, of course, went and looked to see and I didn't see anything from her. So then my next step was going online and searching up Sophia Ritchie, what I ate in a day or Sophia Ritchie wedding prep. I'm not sure which one. And a lot of different articles popped up. Tons, honestly. So I clicked on the first one, as you naturally would do, right? And I'm reading through this, and I automatically notice that it's not actually an interview. So this is just an article. And the article is from the site The Every Girl, and it is titled Sophia Ritchie's Health and Fitness Routine Leading Up to Her Wedding. This was released April 27th of 2023, so very recently. And as I start to read through this, I automatically realize that this is, in fact, not an interview. This is, in fact, just an article that was put together using different information that could be found. So you may be wondering, okay, well, what type of information? You know, maybe she got it from a different article. Well, that's what's interesting. So it starts off by talking about how they were just in general obsessed with this beautiful wedding, but then it dives into how the person that created this article is obsessed with wellness, and so therefore she wants to get the lowdown on her go-to fitness regime and eating habits and all of that kind of stuff. And then there's two different sections, her workouts and another section on her diet. So I started to read through these different parts, and I feel like we need to especially highlight the diet section, which was mainly used in this TikTok video that I've been referencing. The first line of this section says, according to U.S. Weekly. So we're starting off with a red flag. First of all, U.S. Weekly is such an unreliable source. How do we even know that U.S. Weekly talked to Sophia Ritchie? How do we know that what they said, what she said was not twisted? I mean, that is the most reliable of unreliable sources, other than probably the National Enquirer, right? So that's what it starts off with. And for the sake of this episode, I just don't think there is any purpose to sharing exactly what was said that she did. I feel like for some members of my audience, it would be unnecessarily triggering and trigger wordings also don't always work. And this just doesn't seem like it's pertinent to the episode because we don't even know if it's true and we don't have to dissect it that in depth. Of course, you have the autonomy to go look it up if you would like to, 
But essentially, this section goes on to say all of these different rules that she was engaging in during the day with food and what she would be eating at certain meals and at certain times and how she could or could not have this and certain foods that she would use a lot of the time and just so many different random things that you could tell were basically just pieced together from every little area that someone could possibly find information from social media to this magazine article to TikTok videos and so on and so forth. So to me, this is already kind of strange that we're basically pulling together exactly what she does without actually having any legitimate information. And it's clear that she's not sharing it readily. So then why are we sharing it in this article? Now, the other section, as I mentioned, was workouts. And they pulled this from her Instagram stories and her fitness journal highlights. And so those are up, obviously, on her page. But it's just funny because I feel like it's drawing all these conclusions, such as it seems her favorite active aware brand is Splits 59. And this is how long her her workout is. And it basically just goes into all of these details that are being summarized from every possible place that it possibly could. Even if we don't really know if she's still doing that or if that's what she was actually doing pre-wedding or what that looked like or anything along those lines. So I exit out of this article and I see all of the other ones, okay? Beauty Crew, US Weekly, Rachel Attard, Life and Style, E. All of those type of websites, magazine kind of sites, clickbaity type of sites that people are posting on. And another one that I looked through that really stood out to me was from Life and Style. This was so bizarre to me. And of course, it is a magazine-based kind of clickbaity site, but they essentially went through all of her stories and took screenshots of even videos. For example, there was a Thanksgiving video and they took screenshots of the green beans and the stuffing and the pie and every single social media post that she's ever done on her stories. And you can tell when you look through it. Even a breakfast that she got for her 21st birthday and put all of this into an article trying to say how she ate and even noting certain ones like, oh, we're back on carbs. Wow, must be nice to be able to have not one, but two pasta dishes. It must be nice to have the metabolism of 20-something, huh? Hope she's added, let's hope she added some butter and Parmesan to them. Otherwise, what's even the point? And that's seriously the, the tone of these. I mean, another one. What? You don't eat dumplings and pizza for breakfast? Sophia can't relate. All jokes aside, though, we'd bet quite a bit of money that this kind of meal first thing in the a.m. is rare for her. It's so judgmental. It's so weird. And just the whole thing was so off. And again, this is one of those type of sites that's going to do that. But at the same time, that doesn't justify 
the behavior or these articles. And it really made me start to think about the role of the media in making people, especially young women, obsess about food and exercise of someone that they are influenced by, even when that person isn't putting out any content to make it so that someone would do so. What I mean by this is clearly on Sophia's Instagram, there are times where she shares food or she shares a workout that she's doing, but that's pretty normal for a lot of people. And it's not as if she's going online and creating these what I eat in a day videos or saying people should eat like her or exercise like her or even vocalizing that she has a specific wedding prep and here's how to do her wedding prep. I mean, we can't even trust for sure that any of those articles that someone was referencing have any merit to them or any truth to them. And we especially should not be going through all of the different social media stories or the Instagram stories that she's posted and then trying to deduce how she eats from those posts. But what happens is someone in the media that knows that society is obsessed with the way that people eat and with wanting to look like someone will know that these type of things will generate views and generate popularity And so they'll go and do everything they can to gather every single snippet of information, throw it together in something that may not even be accurate, and send it out to the world. And the trickle effect of this is that then you have this type of information taken to TikTok, and that TikTok can spread to so many people, especially those that are quite vulnerable, to then influence them to believe that this is exactly how this person that they are idolizing eats and works out and lives. And I thought about this theory, actually, in relation to TikTok and social media, and I'm curious if it resonates with you guys. So remember growing up, for those of you that are around my age or older, how you would have different magazines. And of course we have magazines now, but when you were when you were younger, at least in my age group or older, they were a big thing. You know, you'd have subscriptions to different magazines that get delivered, and it was a lot of the way that you got your pop culture news or that you learned something new, other than reading a book and searching through the internet for specific topics. But if you wanted something just new, kind of out of the blue to pop up, you were typically going to something maybe like a magazine. So you had your time, you had National Geographic, you had People Magazine, you had Health Magazine, Oxygen, and then you had things like US Weekly, Life and Style, and the National Enquirer. And on one side, your Time Magazine, your National Geographic, you knew that these were quite reputable sources that were going to be sharing interesting topics, And they would be backed by journalists, fact-checked in much more in-depth ways. And overall, you just knew that it was something that you could trust when you were reading it. Now, this is the exact opposite of your pop culture, sensationalized type of magazine. So the National Enquirer is the epitome of this. You pretty much know that almost every single story in there is fake. And they're just trying to get you to buy it 
for the views of it, even though it is totally fake and the stories are made up. And then maybe you have a few steps up in some of the other pop culture type of magazines, but not much better. And then in between those two extremes, you have your middle ground, like a People magazine or a health magazine where maybe some of the stuff is true, but at the same time, some of it probably isn't or it's just kind of dramatized for the effect of making sure that you view it. And so when you went into reading those, you had a perception of how you should be thinking of what you were going to consume. You knew going into it that you could trust the National Geographic in time, that maybe it was a mix between the other ones like the people, and that you totally couldn't take anything seriously from the pop culture and National Enquirer types. Now here's the problem. Nowadays, the way that we get the type of content that we used to get from those type of magazines is on platforms like TikTok and Instagram. And because the fact because of the fact that when we're consuming that content, we aren't ever having a perception change. We're just sitting there on one app scrolling through. It can be very hard to remember that not everything that you're seeing is fact or that not everything you're seeing is not completely false. And so as you go through the content on there, you could be watching something that's giving you the realistic nature of the history of the Titanic, and then the next video you could be watching could be telling you something about, I don't know, a health trend that is completely false in every way, entirely made up. But both people could make themselves sound like experts. And because you're just scrolling through in a constant stream, you don't have that physical change from one magazine to the next or one information source to the next that makes you second guess that content. And this is why I say as a general rule of thumb to not believe anything that you see on TikTok and always second guess it rather than believing it and then second guessing it after the fact if something goes wrong. So the reason why I share this whole theory is because I really feel like it comes to play with this TikTok that we're talking about and with Sophia Richie's What I Eat in a Day. If we were able to show people her What I Eat in a Day attached to these articles that we know are somewhat nonsensical or kind of like grasping for straws, there would be a lot more people that recognize, eh, this probably isn't that accurate of information. Maybe I should just skip over trying to follow this or putting any merit into this idea. But because of the fact that we are taking it from this article and then putting it into a TikTok video of which people consume without really having a second thought, the effect of it just spreads like wildfire And it also is met with so much belief that this is the truth. I mean, how many people realistically do you think that saw this video, then went online to try to fact check if it was actually something that she even said? Probably not a lot. And the problem with this is not only the fact that then we have all of these women that are obsessed with Sophia Richie, want to look like her, adore her, love her, that are consuming this content and questioning potentially, if they should be following this. But we also have tons of young women that could not be in the best mindset around food, body image, and exercise being exposed 
to yet another extremist, unsustainable, restrictive way of eating. Because although I didn't go through the specifics of what was shared, that was her proposed day of eating, I can tell you it is so, so awful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to say it. And if someone is following that, it is going to be not only unsustainable, but even potentially dangerous for someone that takes this very seriously. And I don't even believe that that is what Sophia Ritchie is probably doing. Maybe she is, maybe she isn't. It doesn't really matter because she's not the one that's really spreading the message. It's these media outlets. But unfortunately, just that one TikTok that came from this one stupid post can then make everyone believe that that's what she's doing, even though she's in no way trying to spread that message. And this is the problem with the obsession around women's bodies and how people look. We are so obsessed with trying to look like someone that we don't even regard the fact that maybe they potentially don't want something to be shared or are not trying to share it. And we also disregard the fact that this content that you're pulling basically from nothing that's probably not even accurate could then go on to affect millions of people. Millions. Because that's how many people saw this video. That's how many people were in these comments saying they're going to start this diet. They're going to the store tomorrow. And it's not even true. Oh my gosh. What's interesting is if you did more deep diving and you compared and contrasted those two articles that I even mentioned, directly looking at the second article from Life and Style and seeing all of the variety of different things she posted on her story would show that this other type of quote-unquote wedding prep diet wouldn't even be accurate to what her full way of eating looks like, even if you're just taking it at face value from her social media. And also there are other parts and other different articles and TikTok videos where she's emphasized over and over again that you should eat in a way that makes you feel good and listen to your body. And of course, that's not what's being shared, right? That's not what's being shared on the TikToks. It's not being shared in the articles, really, although one kind of mentioned it. And this type of stuff, it's just so frustrating because I don't know when we are going to learn as a society that sending this messaging to women is harmful to the people on both sides. It's harmful to Sophia Ritchie to have people taking this information and running with it when she has no control over the narrative other than basically going in and correcting it, which would also be uncomfortable. And it's not her job to know when people are doing this or not doing this. She probably doesn't even know, right? Plus, even if she shared what she ate in a day or how she worked out, it's going to be unrelatable to so many people because that's what celebrities are. They are unrelatable. They come from copious amounts of wealth that the normal person does not have. They have access to personal trainers, personal chefs, nutritionists slash dietitians. They can pay for as much food out as they want. And even if one of them gives a specific way that they are eating or how they're prepping for their wedding, it's not going to be relatable to anyone else. And even if you did her exact routine and she came on and she said, this is exactly what I did every single day to a T, you're not going to look like her. That's just the truth. And so 
I just feel for everyone in these scenarios, and I feel frustration at diet culture and at the way that society presents this information, and even the fact that in something as special as a wedding that someone is really excited about, we always have to push further to understand why someone looks the way that they do, or to focus in on their body, or to focus in on the food, and we can't just even appreciate all of these other aspects that someone is willingly sharing. We have to go in and just deep dive into every single little freaking element. With all of this being said, as you can see, I have no, nothing to say about what Sophia Ritchie has done. She is, again, kind of just an example of something that happens in so many circumstances to influencers, creators, celebrities, and so on and so forth in general, but especially around their wedding. And I really want to emphasize to everyone listening to this that it's so important not to trust not only what you see on TikTok at face value, but also not to trust these type of videos or these content, these types of content that you see where someone is sharing what they eat, how they move, how they got their body to look like that, or whatever else it may be around their physical being. Because even if they are doing an interview and they're sitting there and they're walking you through every single thing and they're doing a TikTok, it's one day. And they could be giving you information that is totally false or they could feel pressure to have it look a certain way, even if that's not accurate. And we don't even know what their mindset is. Maybe it's not mentally healthy for them, or maybe it is mentally healthy for them, but it's not mentally healthy for you. We just have to start to get out of these ways of comparison, and we can't get caught up in loving a celebrity so much that we decide that we need to drop everything to do what they do in every area, because no matter what, the best way to focus on feeling your best is by listening to yourself. And that is true as of this moment. It will be true in the future. It will be true around your wedding if you choose to get married and at any other time. I do just want to say one more thing about the wedding prep type of idea. I just know how challenging it is for brides. Actually, I don't know. I have heard from friends and people in my life how challenging it is as a future bride or as a bride on their wedding day, just feeling all of this pressure around looking the best that you've ever looked and everyone asking you what you're going to do and how you're eating and how you're moving and all of that stuff. And I just want to say, I'm so sorry that we as women have to go through this and have to feel this pressure. Even if you're someone that's pushing against it, I still think that it's there. And I want to create a whole episode on this, especially if you guys are interested in it and just the whole wedding prep idea. But just know that your wedding day is just about enjoying and making the best, most memorable experience possible. And the only way to truly do that to the best extent, to the fullest of your abilities, is by feeling your best And feeling your best does not come from an external look. It comes from how you feel internally. And I can tell you as someone that's worked with a lot of people that have been in the process of getting married or are married, 
there are so many times where people will express to me that they made all of these changes for their wedding and they don't even like looking at the pictures anymore because they don't feel like it was an accurate version of them. They didn't even enjoy the day because they felt so restricted. They were so obsessed about their body and how they looked that they couldn't even focus on the moment. And I think the big picture takeaway is that wedding prep, quote unquote, is not what it's cracked up to be. And the real wedding prep that should be happening is just thinking about how you can be the most present and enjoy your day the most. And that is going to look different for every single person. But no matter what, it doesn't need to involve this regimented, restrictive, or intense workout, exercise routine, way of eating, certain foods, whatever it may be. I think I'm going to end this episode here because I could discuss this forever and yet I think that I've exhausted it for what it needs to be in this episode. If you did enjoy this episode, I would love to hear that. If you would be willing to leave a rating or review, it would mean the world to me or send it to someone that you think could enjoy it or post on your story. If you don't want to do any of those things, I'm just appreciative of you being here and listening. If you have any episode ideas that you want for me to cover, you can always click the link in the show notes that will direct you to submitting one. My program Live Unrestricted is also in there and you'll find other links to check out other supportive mechanisms that I have. Why am I using the word mechanisms? To check out other things about me, to check out my other links. I just don't know. <laughs> clearly, like my, clearly my brain is in shutdown mode after I announced that I was done with this episode. Anyways, we'll end this while we're ahead. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to see you guys next week.